Hi, everyone. Welcome to Episode 1 of Real Talk. My name is Keith Sconyers, entrepreneur, storyteller, and catalyst. If you saw my previous video, you may have seen that there was a previous episode that I recorded that I intended to be the first episode of Real Talk. But after listening to it, it actually um, gave me a headache because of the volume uh, settings weren't quite right because the mic was a little too close to my face. And I thought it might be more appropriate to tell you first and foremost who I am, where I come from, uh, what I've been through, and where I hope to go so that you have context in terms of why I speak with such passion about the things that I believe and so you know that it doesn't come from a place of ego, it doesn't come from a place of, you know, the rich multimillionaire coming down the hill and telling you how to live your life because I'm not a multimillionaire and even if I was, it wouldn't be coming from that place. It's coming from a place of I think for so long, I looked at the story that I went through in terms of my childhood and going through college and my athletic career, and I saw so much of it as being a weight that prevented me from soaring in life. And I believe that the reason why I tell stories is because I came to the realization that there was an incredible amount of power in the things that I went through as a kid, as, a, as an adult, as an athlete. And so this isn't a traditional podcast where I'll tell, you know, a story every single week. My promise to you is that I'll share something that I think is helpful. That may be something that I do every day. It may be something that I do once a month. So what's my story? So I'm originally from Fresno, California. Mom and dad never got married. Uh, mom was a single mom, worked hard uh, to take care of her two young boys up until the point that she got married. My dad ended up getting involved in just some of the challenges of life. Mom got married, and we went off to live uh, with mom and stepdad. And and so I grew up on the, the west side of Fresno from, you know, birth till about, I'd say, first grade. And then we moved to the other side of town, which was more of a middle-class area, less violence, better education and that was up until the point that child protective services stepped in into my story and I went to live with my dad and that was in the fifth grade in the fifth grade I moved back to the to the west side of Fresno not necessarily the, the safest area um, in terms of if you look at the statistics across the country in terms of violence gangs opportunity access to opportunity it's not necessarily a great place to grow up, but I cherish that opportunity to uh, be involved in the community and to see the things that I saw and to know the people that I knew um, because I think it was that experience in growing up on the west side of Fresno that really shapes who I am today. So fifth grade, you know, we move, you know, back to that side of town and it's a different culture it's a different experience you know in the school that I went to to grade school at on the north side of Fresno or it was called Wilson Wilson Elementary you know there weren't there weren't gangs uh, there weren't drugs that I knew of I was pretty sheltered from that experience from first first to fourth grade um, but in the fifth grade I got to see those things up close and personal uh, I got to see drug dealers up close and personal. 
that I had a, a, a relationship with on a first name basis. Um, I got to, I got to see a lot of things and, and, and I share that not because I come from a perspective of looking down on people that have found themselves in the situation that they have to sell drugs in order to take care of their family. Tremendous respect for the people that I saw in the community that I grew up in doing what they knew, doing what they had access to, um, and unfortunately being trapped in some of the circumstances. So fifth grade, from fifth grade to, I'd say, to high school, I got expelled six times. Got expelled in fifth grade for cursing out my teacher. I got expelled in sixth grade for fighting. Seventh grade, I got expelled twice for various issues that I was having. Um, being what many would consider to be an at-risk youth, you know, experiencing all the things that I was experiencing up close and personal, um, you know, that led to me having behavioral issues. Now, from first to fourth grade, I remember getting in trouble because obviously, um, you know, everybody remembers the spanking they got for something that they did in school. I remember getting in trouble, but I would say that it accelerated and intensified in fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And that's what led to me getting expelled six times before I got to high school. Um, what, what happened next? So um, I, you know, go to high school. I lived with, my, lived with my biological dad from fifth grade to the eighth grade. And uh, after that, he went on to what many in our community would call vacation. He was incarcerated. And so one thing that I'll share about that is that as a young kid growing up and seeing your extremely talented uh, father battle with life, I got to see a lot of things up close and personal. When you experience that, it shapes a lot of how you see the world and it, 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 and it shapes how you see yourself. And one of the things that has been helpful for me has been looking back at some of those experiencing experiences and trying to figure out what aspects of those stories um, are positive that I can use today to motivate me. So if you see me and you see, man, wow, this guy is really motivated, you know, it's, it's only because I understand the opportunity that I have right now. And it's an opportunity that many people that grew up on the west side of Fresno didn't have. And so I feel a tremendous amount of responsibility to not only share stories, but to try to find ways to empower people that come from disenfranchised environments to find roadmaps and paths uh, into a better life. For me, it's never been I've never been happy just doing my own thing and not having a way to have an impact on the people you know, that come from the, the areas and the communities that I come from. So that is one thing that really motivates me. So, like I said, fifth grade to eighth grade, expelled six times. Live with, live with dad up until the time that he goes on vacation. And then I went to live with my grandmother in high school. First year in high school, I got expelled again. I got sent on homeschool where they don't allow you to come on campus. Part of that, I don't know if that was because, you know, they have this freshman thing, this hazing thing, right, that happens when you're a freshman where the seniors are supposed to, are really out taking just 
doing crazy stupid stuff and i that day decided that i was going to be a senior and uh i think i put a almost put a kid in the trash can or something like that which is just to give you some insight in terms of where my mindset was i was a jerk i didn't you know i was i was doing what what i thought i should have been doing i was not a leader in high school i was a follower i was telling jokes in class i was you know disrespecting teachers i was not being a good example or not representing my family the way that I should have been representing my family. And that's what led me to getting kicked out of school my freshman year in high school. I never played sports up until that time because my stepdad was in the sports. And so I think by nature of that relationship, most kids don't have a quality relationship with their step parent. And so because he was in the sports, I wasn't in the sports. But my freshman year, a basketball coach approached me and he said, kid, you could be a Division One athlete. And I had no idea what, what um, a Division One scholarship meant. I didn't know what basketball was. I had never played organized sports. Um, and so, you know, it was an opportunity that I ended up taking because I believe my biological dad uh, bribed me $100 or something like that to just, just give it a shot. And so I did. So took that opportunity. And at that time, I had something to lose. Right. So they were going to Hawaii. And I would say one of the things that is really, I would say, eye opening is that it's probably the first time somebody looked at me and painted a vision for what life could be. How I could do something to change my situation. The current education system didn't provide an opportunity as a kid being in that community where there's it's riddled with, you know, drugs and gangs and violence and different things like that. There was no opportunity that I could see that could change the trajectory of my current situation and the family around me. And so I took that opportunity to play sports. And so when I took that opportunity, it ended up turning into a scholarship to play basketball at Portland State. Went one year to a junior college down in Southern California. Came to Portland, played at Portland State for uh, three basketball seasons in four years. And the entire time that I was at Portland State, I never really played the role that I wanted to play. I was still learning how to play basketball. I was incredibly athletic. I don't think that I really understood how to navigate that opportunity and so if you see that I I have a <laughs> I run a, a few different companies the reason is is because I feel incredibly responsible to serve entrepreneurs I feel incredibly responsible to serve former athletes and I feel incredibly responsible to be an example to at-risk kids that grew up in the communities that I grew up in so that's why if you look at my website and you look at different things that I'm doing, I'm not comfortable only just focusing on, hey, go have a job and just do that and worry about yourself. My story is about making an impact. And that's what I want my life to represent. The reason why, and I'll backtrack a little bit, 
the reason why entrepreneurs are important is because when I was living with my dad as an at-risk kid being exposed to everything that, um, you know, at-risk kids are exposed to, the people that hired my dad to, to build homes, to remodel homes, to do roofing, to do concrete work, to do framing work, to do painting, to work on cars, all of those things. The people that hired my dad to do that work often had their own business. In high school, the man that also helped fund some of the basketball camps that I went to, my Uncle Chuck, Portuguese man, married my Aunt Frankie. He had his own business, and he'd take us to work with him. And so the reason why I work with entrepreneurs today is not because I'm a natural entrepreneur. I wouldn't say that I am. But I, I, I love working with entrepreneurs because in a, it gives me a feeling of it's my responsibility to give back to the people that gave to me when I was an at-risk kid. The reason why I'm passionate about doing things for athletes is because I was an athlete for 10 years, former athlete for 10 years after college, struggling to figure out who I was, what was important to me, what my values are, how am I going to take care of myself, how am I going to take care of my son, how am I going to take care of my, my family. And the reason why I'm passionate about working with at-risk youth and speaking at middle schools and colleges and universities and, you know, community colleges is because I was an at-risk kid first generation, if you want to call it, kid on campus, didn't know how to navigate that opportunity either, which is why when I got done with college, I didn't know what the heck I was going to supposed to do with myself, struggling for a long time, very long time. And so when I speak, and it's very passionate, I'm going to speak about things that I personally experience. Um, and uh, my purpose is to, is to just add value. So where am I going? So with with Real Talk, there's a couple reasons why I named it Real Talk. Number one, my my good friend, uh, Aaron, <laughs> is uh, one of my good friends that I met when I first started playing basketball. And uh, whenever we get into a conversation and we start talking and things like that, he would say, man, that's Real Talk. And I'd say, yeah. you know, I'd laugh and I'd say, yeah, man, that is Real Talk. That is Real Talk. So uh, that, that comes from Real Talk. That's why I named it Real Talk. Uh, another reason is because my Uncle Chuck, you know, my Uncle Chuck, Portuguese white man that married my Aunt Frankie. Um, on our on our early, early uh, drives out to to do landscaping work or cleaning out HUD homes, he'd be talking about, kid, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Do this. Don't be an idiot. Right. Don't be disrespectful. You're getting kicked out of school. There's no value in that. And then the third reason why I named it Real Talk is because the real talk that my grandmother always gave me. Keep my grandmother right here behind me, right over my goals. My grandma was my best friend. When I was in college, I'd call my grandma every night. My grandma would be up watching Perry Mason in CSI. <laughs> and, um, you know, my grandma was my best friend because... You know, she let me be a young man because she had understood that 
I, you know, at a very young age had to take on a lot of responsibility, you know, when I was living with my, when I was living with my dad. And, um, you know, I'd get kicked out of school and my, I'd come home and I'd sit on the couch next to my grandma. My grandma had a, uh, she'd sit on a recliner chair and she, and as you enter into the house, I could still see my grandma sitting there. And I got to the point where I wanted to make my grandma proud, man, you know, and, uh, it was the real talks that she used to give me on the couch that that I think back on today that really inspired me to want to do something right with my life, man. And uh, it's not about, you know, credit card processing. And it's not about, you know, just making a bunch of money in business. All that stuff is really cool, man. It's about having a purpose with your life. It's about going out in the world and doing something. If you're looking at inequity, it's about going out and looking at inequity and seeing what can you do personally to to make the world a better place. And I do all of that because I want to make my grandma proud. So this is Real Talk. I appreciate you being here with me. Um, it's not just going to be me talking. There'll be entrepreneurs here. There'll be athletes here. There'll be nonprofits here on this show talking about what we're going to do to make the world a better place. And the reason why it's real talk is because we all need that real talk to help us get back on track with what we're supposed to be doing with our life. So thank you for being with me. Look forward to having you with me next time. Have a good one. Bye.